Hello, listener, and welcome to the 11th episode of What's It Like To? Before I introduce the episode, I just want to thank anyone who listened to the 10th episode and showed support for A Cure for Diabetes, whether it was financially or emotionally. Last weekend was the walk for the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, and my team raised over $5,000. We couldn't have done it without you, so thank you. Episode 11 features Jessica Ramos, and I asked her, what's it like to be born and raised in another country? Jessica and I discussed moving around often when she was a kid, growing up in a country where even though she knew the language, she was an outsider, what country she feels is home, and much more. It was fascinating to learn about growing up in several other countries and how those experiences affect who she is today. So, without further ado, here's the 11th episode of What's It Like To? So, Jessica Ramos, what's it like to be born and raised in another country? What it's like to be raised in another country is distinct. My experience was growing up in the States till the age of five and moving to Argentina when my parents split up. My mom decided to go back home and their biggest conflict um, was me and what would it be like, like how to trust the other that they would get time with their child if they were in opposite end of the continent. That pull is part of my experience. Growing up in another country has a lot to do with not just the values and the experience of the country itself, because a childhood ends up still being a childhood. There's many elements that are the same, like riding your bike around your block, playing in the dirt, whatever it might be. My experience came from my dad does things a certain way, my mom does things a, things a certain way, and being present to both of them and knowing that I get to do things one way when I'm in the U.S. and a different way when I'm in Argentina. Uh, in Argentina, most people send their kids to private school. The difference between private and public is, quality-wise, is very high. Um, so everybody that can sends their kids to a private school. The level of classism is different because of that. Um, there's a much more distinct line. Those are things that I did grow up with, but I wasn't conscious to them. So to me, growing up in another country was having the opportunity to go horseback riding every weekend and still live in the city. Having a grandmother who, for my, I want to say like, seventh birthday, traveled the pony from Mendoza to Buenos Aires, which is maybe like a 14-hour drive to make sure that it was delivered for my birthday. And when I came back from visiting my dad for a month, I got home and there was a pony. I'm not sure those things are possible or probable in an urban area. It's like, I don't know who in you know, New York City has a pony in their backyard. Uh, never broken in. Everybody tried, uh, and it was just a wild pony its entire life that got to go into the kitchen and be in the kitchen when it was really cold outside. <laughs> I'm concentrating on the concept of another country. That's the part that's shocking for me, because it's, to me it's not another country. To me it's just the country I grew up in. Well, let me ask you this. Do you identify more as an American or as an Argentinian? Oof. While growing up, I identified 
as an American um, because I landed in Argentina and I was different. With that, as I was growing up, I chose to speak English with my mother and Spanish with my dad. So when I got to Argentina, I spoke different. And I guess that is something about that country. It is very much a melting pot like the U.S. is. However, not that many immigrants are current immigrants. So um, diversity isn't as present in, the, in Argentina as it would be here. So those who are different are very different. Would having today's technology while you were growing up, would that have changed your experience? Or do you think you would have done it the exact same way? You are asking me to look at today and what would it be like for me to be five years old right now? Yeah. Um, and I can speculate. Sure. Um, I see people that I work with. Um, we're on a film set and we go to a country and the most evident one was in Iceland. Um, when were you in Iceland? When I was uh, in Iceland in 2012. Okay. Um, the first assistant camera who's a focus puller um, and in charge of building the cameras and everything, he's, at that point, his son was, I want to say around six. And the value of connecting with his son every day via FaceTime was invaluable to him. Did not care about the time difference. He just, he made sure that happened every day. My mom currently, um, my mom currently loves FaceTime and if she could spend half the day with me on it, she would. I am similar to my dad in the sense that we stay connected but we don't need to speak all the time. Uh, when we do speak, it is much more profound or it goes to the core. And with my mom, I end up creating a lot more filler. And then we get to the good bits, but it, it's not instantaneous. My mom got the raising portion. She got me while I was school. She got me to study. She got me to be a good student. She got me, like, it was a very different vision of labor. My dad got vacation. Mm. He got to create anything and everything with me. Our relationship was always fun and creative and trusting. But he also it also created the space for if we don't speak, it doesn't mean anything. So I think we currently have FaceTime. My mom, I call my mom on FaceTime all the time. She loves seeing my face. I like seeing hers, but that visualization is, I can see it in her eyes. Like, it means the world to her. And it enhances my experience, but it, it's not as vital. And my dad, like, loves technology, and he's fascinated by FaceTime, but it's a toy. So it's like, oh my god, that's awesome, that's great, that's really cool. I'm never going to use it. And we don't. That's not where the connection lies. So I think there's there's um, an element that, yes, my life could have been completely different, but at the same time, if the individuals don't 
require it. I've grown up not requiring it, but I am learning that certain friendships and keeping certain connections, that really does make a world of a difference. And tapping into that is almost something that if I'd grown up with it, I would have learned to incorporate it naturally. So give me a timeline, very, like, bullet points, you know, just so I get a sense of where you are. Born in Arlington, Virginia. Okay. Dad is from Madrid, Spain. Mom is uh, from Mendoza in Argentina, but grew up living in Buenos Aires. But she came to the States to create a change of scenery, and then she met my dad, who is a correspondent for a Spanish paper, um, and within three months of knowing each other, they got married. Voila, I happened, and their marriage lasted eight years. Um, so at the age of five, five and a half, they split up. My mom decided to go back home, so we went to Mendoza for a year. She went back home, having reconnected with her first love, and that is who she is with now, and he lived in Buenos Aires. My dad, through the separation experience, my dad already started dating somebody else, and she ended up being my second mom. So they were in Arlington, Virginia, while my mom was in Buenos Aires, and I'd go back and forth. At the age of 12, my dad, like, La Vanguardia, which is his paper, was doing a change in who was part of, like, who was the head of the international section. So they were moving their correspondence, and they gave him an option of, I think it was London, Russia, Greece, or China. And they chose London. The impact it had for me at the age of 12 was I lost my bond with any excuse that I had to stay American. I lost it because I no longer was stepping on American soil. I no longer had that tether where I came back here at least twice a year. Now we were going to London and I felt like, this is a 12 year old, but I felt like London stole my identity. I definitely didn't know anybody there, and I was no longer going to the one place that everybody considered me to be from. And my dad still lives in London, um, so I kept going there during all my vacations. And you came back to the U.S. when you were 18 for college? I came back to the U.S. a little bit later than that. Uh, I graduated high school in Argentina with Argentinian degree in international baccalaureate, which counts as college credit in several American universities and colleges, but it's not, I still had to take the SATs to go to school here. So you didn't have a college degree, per se? Well, no, like I had a high school degree that could be accepted, but the SAT scores were were really important Mm -hmm. to get into a college here. And because of the Southern Hemisphere, I graduated in December. Mm -hmm. So to not lose a whole year while all my friends started university in Argentina, I chose to go to London with my dad and take the SAT test there. When I got my test results back and um, I finally applied to colleges and got answers back, I did come here, so I was a little bit older. And I started in New Jersey and ended up in New Mexico. So my last question for you is, what language do you think in and what language do you dream in and why? 
I think in English, I count in Spanish. I dream in both. And I loved history and literature in English, whether it's how it was taught, whether I just got fortunate and the teachers were really amazing in English, or it's the choice of literature, like what we actually read, or combination of all of those things. That made me choose to study in the States because I wanted to study in English. Well, Jessica, thank you very much for being on What's It Like To? Ethan, thank you. This has been a really fun adventure. It's the only thing I knew before you started. Uh, I had absolutely no idea of where it was going to go or what it was going to be like. And um, I discovered things about myself I didn't know. So thank you. Well, that's it. The 11th episode of What's It Like To? Thank you so much to Jessica Ramos for joining me, and of course to you, the listener, for checking out the podcast. Be sure to follow What's It Like To on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram to stay updated on everything related to the podcast. Also, I created an email address, and it's wiltpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in questions, comments, opinions, anything you're feeling. I love hearing from you. And for all future episodes, I'll announce via social media who my guest will be beforehand, and I'll ask you to email me questions. Send in a question, and I'll announce who it's from on the episode. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're filling up your earbuds again very soon.